sort of a different kind of episode of Sometimes You Crit. We are usually a 5E D&D actual play podcast. This weekend, however, um, I'm not available. Mysteriously enough, I'm recording this <laughs> a little bit beforehand. And I'm going to go ahead and go through a few things here. Uh, I'm going to call this, uh, What Was the DM Thinking? And I'm hoping that I can go ahead and put out some of these from time to time. And I want to just go a little bit through... What I'm thinking while I'm creating adventures, what I'm thinking while while things are going on during the adventure, and what I'm thinking about is coming up on an adventure. So this should be really short. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so, but I'll give you something to listen to on the week that we're off, and hopefully I can do this from time to time and maybe make it sort of a regular segment. So first of all, um, why did we decide to do a podcast in the first place? First of all, we all except for two people, do not know each other in real life. We met on Discord. And I think that like a lot of people, it sort of came about because of the pandemic. And everyone got a little stir crazy and we we're looking for things to do. I know I was, and I started looking around at different podcasts and I, I started uh, getting onto Discord and I found a really great group of people. We Played a few adventures together, and then eventually I decided to go ahead and run them in, in, a, in a campaign. Things were going great in the campaign, and we decided, hey, let's go ahead and make a podcast. When I say we, I'm thinking it was mostly me. Um, the group didn't need much prodding. However, this is kind of, I'm the, I'm the push behind it, and uh, you know we're, we're all having fun doing it, but... We, we just kind of decided to do this because we get along really well together. Uh, our schedules sync up. We have every Friday night free. Uh, we have a free editor, which is me. And editing, if you don't know anything about editing for podcasts, takes a long time. This episode right here is not going to take me any time because I think I'm just going to run it down. But for a normal two and a half to three plus hour episode, it takes me, I, I keep on telling the group if they listen to this, they're going to hear. I keep on telling them that it takes me nine hours to edit. I think that that's vastly under the time. I think it takes me closer to 11 or 12 hours to actually edit an episode. That's because you have to go in and every time uh, somebody pauses, every time there's a, a long break, every time uh, people are talking over each other, you have to make decisions. You have to go in and you have to cut out some, some blank space. You have to say, well, let me see. Two people were speaking at the same time, but one person really said something that's more important than the other one or more uh, important to what exactly is going on. So you remove the other piece of, uh, of the audio. So we, we record, uh, you know, with, with Craig, uh, on, on discord. And through that, I get them all as, as separate channels. So I can go in there and I can play with each of them, but it takes me about 10, 11 hours to actually, re to actually edit an episode. And if you were to say to yourself, Hey, I want to go ahead and do a podcast and you can do it without doing any of the stuff I just mentioned. You can take it and you can record it. And you can throw it together and you can put it out there and I'm sure it'll be fine. We're just looking for something that's a little bit better than that. Uh, we're, you know, we're not professionals. None of us are, are, you know, have a professional podcast studio or anything, but we are trying our best and we're working at it. And I think we're getting better every time. And I think that by the time, uh, you know, maybe by the end of the year, we're going to be really rocking and rolling with this and we're going to have something really great sounding as well as what we're doing sort of come up. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, during the pandemic, I personally started listening to a lot of, of podcasts 
and the podcasts I listen to were things like Greeting Adventures, who I love, 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 uh, Super Quest Saga, God's Fall, things like that. And as I was listening to them, it wasn't that, yeah, I can do that. It sounded like there was a bunch of people who got together who really liked each other and were making a podcast. And they were doing it in a professional manner, but they weren't in a super enormous studio and having, you know, millions of dollars, uh, you know, backing them up a la Critical Role. This is not a bash on Critical Role. I love Critical Role. I love everything about Critical Role. We know we cannot be Critical Role because those are professionals doing a professional job. They have a massive studio. They have a huge budget. Uh, Matt Mercer is the best in the business, bar none. Uh, you know, when people say things like the Matt Mercer effect, the Matt Mercer effect, in, effect, in fact, is getting more people into the hobby. And that is what he will be known for, I think, forever. So that, that, that sort of spurred us on, and that's what kind of led to us um, doing this. We decided to do a session zero to start off with because, well, we knew it was, it was a little bit of a, of a risk because that's the boring part, right? It's the part where you get to see kind of how the sausage is made. And as we went through it and did it, I, we, we've already had some, some feedback from some people who said, you know, my daughter didn't know exactly what D&D was and she didn't really understand it. And she didn't know what was going on. And then when, we, when she listened to you guys do a session zero, that, that sort of made everything make sense. And that was kind of the object. And the object behind everything we're doing is that we are a bunch of people who are just playing D&D. And we're showing people what you can do. We're making mistakes. We're looking up rulings. We're, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can with what we've got. And I think that that is more of a realistic standard. You know, if somebody goes in... Once again, if all they've done is listen to Critical Role and then they walk into somebody's home game, they're going to be really disappointed because nobody is Matt Mercer and nobody's Marisha Ray and you know nobody's Sam Regal. It just doesn't happen. Those people are fantastic at what they do. And then people come in, they're like, oh, you're not doing a million different voices. Well, you're right because I'm not a professional voice actor, but we're doing the best we can and we're trying to make this more of a realistic uh, type setting. The weird thing about it is, though, besides the fact that we don't really know each other in real life, right? I'm literally never met any of them in real life, is that we don't see each other. And by that, I mean a, a lot of people do theirs on Twitch so they can see each other and you can sort of react off each other. And it's a, it's a lot easier, I think, to do it that way because you can see when somebody's done talking, you can see when somebody's leaning forward to start to talk, and you can kind of react to it. With us, we're flying blind and we're doing it completely off of Discord, but it's working for us. And I think we're getting better at it. Uh, it's, it was much easier when we weren't doing a podcast. I'll tell you that right now, because when we weren't doing a podcast, we were just going at it and we would sit around for four or five hours and we would make jokes and, you know, we would throw things out and 10 people start talking. We'd say, hey, shut up, you shut up, blah, blah, blah. And then we go on. But when you're doing a podcast, you have to know not only are you playing D&D, also people are listening and also you're trying not to step on other people's toes. So it is a little bit different and it makes everything about the play different. But, uh, we're you know, we're getting used to it. Uh, one of the big things that we had to get used to is we are, we've been using uh, Roll20 for our virtual tabletop. I'm using it now mostly for pictures and things that they can see because the more stuff I have on Roll20, the harder it is for me to describe it to the people at home. Because then what happens is people go, 
or one of the players will say, hey, I'm going to move there. Well, that doesn't help people listening. It doesn't help a podcast audience. It's very difficult. But if we do mostly theater of the mind, then, okay, I'm going to go up on the side of the cobalt and try to attack them. Okay, great. We're doing that. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. So as far as uh, me being a DM, and this should kind of go for every DM, uh, this is kind of like a little philosophy thing. So, you know, if you're not into DM philosophy, you don't have to, you know, believe or listen to anything I say. I think that the number one thing is that you have to want to be a DM. If you're going to be a DM for a party, you just have to want to. I hate the term forever DM because forever DM to me is a negative uh, has negative connotation. It says, you know what, I, I'll do it and I'm okay at it, but I'd really rather play. But somebody's got to do it. You know, I pulled the short straw. And that's not the case. Uh, I, I've been DMing on and off since the late 70s. Uh, yes, I am old. I'm 59 years old. I've been doing it since the late 70s. And I love DMing. I like playing too. I like playing a lot. It's just that, it, you know, it's hard finding DMs. And if you can find somebody that's going to like it and is going to get into it, and uh, is you know going to do their best, and that's great. But that's the number one thing you need as a DM. Uh, the number two thing is flexibility, because there is absolutely no way that you can plan out everything your party is going to do. If you write down all your notes and you say, okay, here's note number one, note number two, number three, number four, and you get all these you know ten different notes, and you end the session. And your party has gone from one through 10 completely, perfectly in that order and has done everything that you've asked them to do. You have railroaded your party. With that said, if you're having fun and your party's having fun, railroad away. I just can't operate like that. And I think that the party I have can't operate like that either. I give them things to do. I throw open the world and say, have a ball. And they always, always, every single session do something. I say, oh, well, didn't expect them to do that. Don't know why. What I use. So one of the things, one of the big things I use, if you are going to be a DM, is I would highly suggest you go out and buy the book Return of the Lazy, Lazy Dungeon Master. Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. It is the number one source material for how to actually DM. Yeah, you can buy the DMG and you can buy, all, you know, Fizzband. You can get all these books and everything else. This tells you actually how to do it instead of being overwhelmed. I will tell you right now that personally, I do not know all of the lore of the world that we are using. I do not have a, a massive tome with every name of every emperor and king and their, you know, 20 lines back for them. I don't have that. And it, it doesn't exist anywhere. If somebody asks me, I'll make something up on the spot and I'll move on. What they need right now is Wool Hope. I had Wool, Wool Hope for them. When they decide to start moving out, I'm going to have other things for them. But there's just no way that you can do everything. So, it's usually referred to as a spiral campaign. Start small and let the group sort of uh, progress out from there. Uh, BBEGs, the big bad evil guy. My general philosophy on that is that I have one in my head at the very beginning. I have one in my head at the very beginning of who the overall number one massive BBEG that's going to be causing all the problems in the entire campaign. And if the people were to go up to level 15 or 16 or 20 or whatever, that's who they would eventually meet up with. But 
you can't obviously run a campaign with just one big, you know, you can't have Tiamat. Okay, well, Tiamat is our BBEG. What are we going to do now? Well, you can't fight her because she's a god. What, what can you fight? Well, you can fight the people that work for her. And usually that means a series of progressively harder and harder mini BBEGs that work your way up eventually to Tiamat. Now, can you go off the rails somewhere and, you know, have a random side shot? Sure, absolutely. Have a ball. I kind of want, there's, there's a starting spot and there's an ending spot. How they get from one to the other is just uh, up to the party. So I just kind of go with the flow and move on from there. So now we're going to talk about our last session. And I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to try and do these from uh, every now and again. And I'm mostly going to talk about things that happen in the session. So first of all, spoiler alert, this is, uh, I'm going to really talk about all the stuff that happened in the last session and kind of what was going through my head while it was going on. I don't know if this will help anybody. And my party is probably going to be listening to this and go, oh, crap, I didn't realize that. But uh, I just want to give people a little bit of insight as to what you're doing while you're DMing. Um, first of all, every party has things they do well. And every party has things that they do poorly. This party works together well. Um, you know, they, 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 they pull together as a team, blah, 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 blah. They don't investigate anything. It is so hard. I'll say, well, if you look over there. And so I have to kind of poke them to look at things and investigate things, which makes it a little bit difficult on me because I kind of want them to discover things and I want them to be more curious about the world. But I just think that most of the time when they've had DMs, the DMs have said, this is important, this is important, this is important. I'm saying, here's everything. What do you want to look at? So it's a little bit different philosophy. And they know this. I am not talking behind their back. Trust me. Even though they're not on here, every one of them will say, oh, yeah, yeah, we stink at that. Um, so last episode, we had a little issue and this is not an anti Chris thing, but Chris had an issue where he was going to have to leave us for a little while. And he told us, uh, he was able to, he told me the day before our, our session, you know, it was a family matter. I'm not going to go into it. He had to take care of some stuff and he's going to be out for, you know, several weeks. Fine. No big deal. However, we were in sort of a pivotal spot in the, um, in the campaign. The, the party had just gotten inside of, uh, uh, they were inside of uh, the, the dragon, Ashar Alon. They had, they didn't know they were inside of the dragon at that point, but they figured it out eventually. They had just met up with little Jonas, the little boy who, who was uh, uh, the walking dead sort of, sort of kid. And he had told them, you know, he had turned around, he had faced them and said, you know, that's, that's far enough. Now, normally, if a party member is not there and you're in a town, that's super easy. Oh, I don't feel good. I'm going to go back to the inn or whatever. But when you're on another plane inside of a dragon, it's a little hard just to say, oh, that guy's not there. What we also didn't want to do is have another person really play that, that, um, that character. Because when you do that, it, I think it confuses the audience and I think it just kind of dilutes the character. So all I did. When um, uh, when Haldeth was gonna was gonna run him, I just said, "Hey, look, whenever you get a chance, just have him go forward and grab hold of Jonas, and I'll take it from there." So that was the entire discussion I had with the entire party. They they knew I was we were gonna do something to to sort of move him along. They did, they weren't sure exactly what, but they knew that 
you know, he, that we were going to, I was going to take care of it. So that's kind of what I was thinking when he went forward and, you know, he grabbed onto Jonas. That was a perfect opportunity for giggle, Witch to jump bodies, which, uh, you know, now we have, I mean, this is an opportunity. Now we not only have giggle, Witch, who is one of the bad guys. Now we have him possessing a party member. And not only possessing, but leaving with the body of the of said party member, which is perfect. That should sort of spur the party on in one way or another. And it took care of our problem with, we're not going to have Chris for several weeks. So that was kind of my thought press, process on what was going with that. Now, I said earlier that you have to be very flexible. So I knew when they came back to Woolhope. Woolhope was going to be completely destroyed. And they were going to see the uh, the tower. They were going to see prisoners being brought into the tower. And they were going to go and they were going to rescue the prisoners. Perfect. And the first thing they did was, we're going to go the opposite way. We're going to walk. We're going to go across the river. We're going to leave. Okay, let's do that then. So, so now they want to go and try and pick off some kobolds. Okay, I'll throw some kobolds at you. That's no big deal. And then they gave me the opportunity where they said, we're going to take a prisoner. Perfect. They get across the river. They have the prisoner. And I mentioned, hey, what are you doing to the prisoner? Oh, let's interrogate him. So they start talking to the kobold. And they, they said, why is everyone going into the tower? Well, that's perfect at that point. The kobold says something along the lines of, I can't remember everything I say, uh, they're going to be eating them in a couple hours. That was my little poke. Hey, you guys can leave if you want to. But I'm just letting you know that you have been told that the people you've left behind that you've kind of caused this issue with are going to be eaten in a couple of hours. Did I make them go back? I did not. That was completely 100% their choice. If they'd have left, there would have been repercussions for that down the road. But I kind of knew the way they are. They want to be heroes that they were going to go back and do it. Fine. Um, so, you know, that got us back, back kind of on track where I was sort of had, had plenty of stuff planned out. What I did not expect, and I think that the party, when they hear this is going to say, oh crap, is that they then chose to kill the prisoner. And I know that in 5e, when you have your alignment, it's not the same as what it was in 1E or 2E. You were sort of locked into what you had to do. You know, you had an alignment and you act that way. The, the, the old joke was if you were a paladin, you were loth stupid. You know, you did everything right all the time, no matter what it was, whether it killed you, whether it caused death and destruction to other things. If you thought it was right, you did it and that was it. But the party is supposed to be a good party, and they have just killed a prisoner. And I even asked them. I said, you're going to kill the prisoner. And they said, yes. I'm just letting you know, down the road, there's going to be repercussions for that. And I know that when they hear this, they're going to say, oops, maybe we shouldn't have done that. But that's perfect. You don't ever stop a party from doing something. You just make sure that you tell them hey, are you sure this is what you're going to want to do? And when they do it, then you sort of follow through down the road. It may not be next session. It may be 10 sessions from now. Somewhere along the line, something's going to happen. I promise you. Do I know what it is? I do not. So then they decided to attack the tower. We had two entrances. We had the front door and then we had the back door. Well, of course they're going to try the back door, right? Of course they're going to try the back door. And I had a ton of, all the kobolds were basically piled up in the front room. And I just had a couple back there in the back room. Because I knew 
if they got in there, just like the kobolds would knew would know if they got in there, that they trapped a door. And I trapped the door. And I mentioned uh, from uh, from Tome of Beasts the 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 kobold creature i can't remember the name off the top of my head right now that uh was was the person who's responsible for for trapping things and i love 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 that trap now the party doesn't have a rogue and that is not my fault the party chose not to have a rogue i do not as a dm say well i'm not going to lock any doors because you don't have a rogue that's stupid you just throw out opportunities and let them figure out how to get around them and if they can't get around them they can't get around them this was simple you know it was a trap the trap was on the door and the door if it was opened from the opposite side so if somebody would have called out and you know may was trying to use thaumaturgy like nobody's business and she was she was struggling with it if she'd have called out like she wanted to you know hey we need some help in here the kobolds would have come through the door they wouldn't have been poisoned and it would have turned the battle a little bit so then finally let's talk about the hit point issues the party was two party members were were damaged inside of a shardalon and they never took a short rest they never healed themselves so they started down hit points even though they were around for a long time they started down hit points which you know that's that's a learning lesson right there if you're going to go attack a tower that's filled with kobolds you maybe want all your hit points they didn't do that. That caused some of the issues that they ended up having. Another issue is my fault. I had designed that during the week, and I knew how many kobolds there were. And for those of you who DM right now, 5e is super hard to balance, especially when you're talking about a lot of creatures. The CR system is sort of a guide. It doesn't really help as much. And, you know, when you get more than four characters you like we had five characters it becomes it becomes problematic my issue was i had created this with Rhett still in mind i knew we had a fighter i knew that you know he was going to be there and with the number of kobolds i put in there and with the boss kobold that i put in there with Rhett, i believe still if they'd have gone in there with full hit points and they had Rhett, maybe one or two would have dropped but they would have won the day. And that was my goal. My goal was not for a potential TPK. Um, so we had to kind of go to plan B there real quick. And we had to make it where the, um, where the kobolds were actually trying to, tra- to take prisoners. And this is one of those things for DMs. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to be running games and, and if you want to have, you know, if you want to play just a complete killer game where, you know, you die, I die, everybody dies, that's perfectly fine. Have a ball. It's a little bit more difficult for that when you're running a podcast. You know, I can't have a TPA, TPK happen, especially one that's caused because of my fault. It's not all my fault, but I had desi- designed it with, in, in my mind, Rhett being there. And if Rhett would have been there, they would have won. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. That, you know, that was another person taking hits. It was, they would have had more hit points. He would have done more damage, uh, you know. Obviously, I think that they would have gone ahead and succeeded. So now what we have is we don't have a problem again. We have another opportunity. So now the party is unconscious. Everyone's down. The uh, the kobolds were trying to take, take prisoners. Why were they trying to take prisoners? Well, you're going to find out the next episode why they were trying to take prisoners, especially why they were trying to take 
these prisoners. There was something that they could have found out this episode. They just didn't go in the area that I wanted to find out. But they will find out at the beginning of the next episode why the Kobolds, in fact, wanted them in particular as prisoners. So, yeah, so that's basically what I was thinking. I don't know how long this is, maybe 15, 20 minutes or so. I just wanted to kind of get uh, a little bit of insight into what I was thinking when I was, uh, you know, creating, you know, the podcast, what I was thinking of when I was doing this this last session. And I'm going to try and do these from time to time, maybe not the whole, you know, go back and, and do everything. Maybe just a little bit of thing of, of, hey, here was the episode. This is what I was thinking when I was doing it. This is what was going on. So that's all I've got. If you all want to uh, follow us, everything's on our on our website, which is www.sometimesyoucrit.com. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find it basically everywhere. We're listed on about 20, 30 different, uh, different places for, for consuming podcasts. I would love if somebody would write in and ask questions. We have a, a Gmail account, which is just sometimes you crit, Y-O-U, sometimes Y-O-U crit at gmail.com send us an email and what we'll do is we'll go ahead and you know we'll we'll put up the the questions at a later date and answer them or else i'll do it in this sort of format here but we're on twitter we're on instagram uh, we're on facebook we're trying to get everything known we really 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 need people to uh you know on, on the podcast themselves to rate and review it uh, that's the key that is the holy grail for podcasts because the more ratings you have, especially five star, the more your podcast is pushed out towards people so that they can see them instead of me sitting there all Saturday doing self-promotion Saturday and say, hey, we're out here. Somebody listen to us. So that is all I've got. Um, hopefully this was informative. And if not, you know, uh, you know, you get to, to hear, hear the dulcet tones of my voice. So we will be back with a brand new episode, episode seven next week. The party has been captured by the Kobolds, and we're going to find out exactly what kind of trouble they have gotten themselves into. So for me and for everybody on Sometimes You Crit, that's all we have, and have a great weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye.